and welcome to episode 32 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Uh, discussing a bit of pre-season and some very, very loose early season predictions. I'm joined by Tom Vosper. Hello. Hello, Tom. And Matt Partman. Hello. Hello, Matt. Didn't call him Matthew because it upsets him. Uh, it, it upsets me greatly. So what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the last couple of games or that loan signing yesterday, that trialist yesterday who looked like a muscly Billy Waters? Oh, um, yeah. Who looked, he looked good yesterday. And I mean, he scored he, a fuckload for someone, didn't he, a few seasons ago? Did he play for Woking, I think? I think he scored quite a lot for Cheltenham at one stage. I'm not sure if it was Johnson's time or not, but he... Yeah, um, it was Johnson's time. I mean, let's be honest, if you bring in another striker, Danny Wright's going to be starting if he's fit and Clyde Lolos is going to be starting, you know, if, if Wright isn't. So you bring in another striker and they're there to, you know, fill the gaps. You're effectively bringing in someone to do Joshy Mary's job, just do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Which were rather disappoints in terms of Kazela. Mm. Yeah, now in the bin. Fuck him off. Yeah. He's he shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, he does get shoved out to the right wing. He's uh, he's just not good enough. He, 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 against Truro, he just looked like a like a fish out of water. Um, mm. Alex Moyce, the young lad, number 22. There's Piper. I'm not, I haven't seen enough of him. Mm. But Alex Moyce came on and he looks like someone that I'm not sure what position he is. He looks like kind of midfielder or winger. Mm. He looks like someone that could grow in to be another Adam Randall. He he looks wow. okay. like yeah. he's got a talent. I like he him. He looked like a central midfielder, didn't he? Like a nippy. Yeah. Good, no, good he, pass, good cross as well. He's one I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Um <laughs> Kazella is now what, 20? Yeah. Something 2021. Yeah, he's not he's at, at an age where 16 anymore. Yeah, it you can't kind of have that excuse of being like, oh, he's just a youngster, because actually he's not. You know, a, a youngster in football is 17, 18. Yeah. You get to 20, and if you're not kind of cutting it at a national league team, I think you've kind of got to, you know, he he's one of those people. He'll probably he'll go one of two ways. We'll, he won't stay with us. He'll either go to Dorchester and then score an absolute hatful and you know, Forrest Green will take a punt on him and he'll end up scoring 20 goals a year in League Two or he'll go to Dorchester and he'll be playing for Buckland, you know, or, or Tiverton. I don't think he's going to be good enough, but I, I would, I'd, I'd like to be proved wrong. But from what I've seen of him so far, pre-season against little clubs, and, you know, he's, he's, at, he's at an age where, like I say, you think he'd be taking a bit of responsibility and, Hopefully, he's probably kept himself very fit in the off-season. Mm. But, you know, for me, it speaks volumes that he never got a look in last year, really, when we couldn't buy a goal. And, we, you know, we, we were playing you know, Rob fucking Street up front. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's bloody true. Yeah, you know, he's... Yeah, I just looking at that. Um, Dan, mate, he's... Re... His goals to games is pretty good. He hasn't scored many last couple of years, I'll grant you, but he's hardly kicked a ball. My only mm. issue is he's had in 2009, so it's only 12 years. He's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, point, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen 18 stints. 
in 12 years. It's one and a half clubs a year for 12 years. And he's not made more than 69 appearances for Braintree Town. And next on that list is 44 for Cheltenham, 16 to 18. When was Johnson there? He was there. He was part of that team. That was Gary, was it? So, I mean, Gary's given him his second longest. And in fairness to the bloke, played 44 games, scored 18 goals, apparently. Mm. Which ain't bad for nearly one in two. Yeah, that's what, what, one in 2.3 games or something. That's... It ain't bad. I mean, you go back to his career, he got... 20 in 30, 1 in 2, 25 in 33, 28 in 44, 24 in 69, none in 4, none in 4, 3 in 12, 2 in 6, 14 in 26, 18 in 44. Then it does tail off a little bit, 3 in 13, none in 10, 1 in 13, 11 in 29, 1 in 15, and none in none. So he gets a goal every 210 minutes or so that he's on the pitch. I mean, actually, assuming that these appearances are full 90-minute appearances. so Well, that's the thing. You know, you look at it, and if he was in that Cheltenham side, they had Danny Wright and they had Billy Waters, who were both kind of the first-choice strikers, I believe. Mm. So he may well have been that impact sub. And like I say, you've got... Let's be honest, Lolos is the new Andy Nelson in the sense that he's going to be playing <laughs> deputy to right injured all season and never never kick a ball for us. Yeah, he's, he's going to have a, a big Twitter spat with Nick French in about nine months. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, he he's that player. You you either, you start him, but I mean, I don't think you start both the same player effectively. So I think you start mm. one or the other, unless you put Lolos out wide, which I don't think would work. But, you know, let's be honest, Danny Wright isn't going to play 38, 42 games this season, is he? I wouldn't um, not at 36, 37, no. No, exactly, because he must be 37 soon, I think. Um, still looks fit. You know, he didn't look it didn't look like a 37-year-old man yesterday. He, he, no, he especially against the League One side. That's gonna be your two main strikers. So if you've got this chap who I'd certainly, bearing in mind none of the trialists have had more than one game yet, I'd certainly give him a go against Tiverton. Because if you think I was thinking about this just before we came on, I think Tiverton are as close to us football pyramid-wise at the moment as Plymouth Argyle are. You know, so we set ourselves against mm-hmm. Plymouth thinking, you know, oh, we've just lost 3-0 to Plymouth. This is this is terrible. A, it's pre-season. It doesn't matter. B, Plymouth, that was their last pre-season game. They've played, what, six, seven games. Their season starts next week. They're ready to go now. That's them. That's them done. They're sorted. Uh, C, it's Plymouth Argyle, League One, who are going to be knocking on the doors of the championship over the next few years. You'd have thought players on five, six grand a week. We've got players who probably aren't earning four figures a week, I'd assume. I don't don't say that's gospel. Um, and also, like I say, that Plymouth are a League One side. We're a conference side. Tiverton, I believe, the, uh, the Southern Premier, which is one below the conference south. I think there's a lot of clubs at that level and I'm not sure you necessarily get promoted. I think you've got to kind of, because I think some clubs probably can't afford to go up to the conference south or whatever, but I I might be making that up. But, you know, if we go and batter them 3-0, that's the same as Plymouth beating us 3-0. You should, you know, Mm. if, if we... You know, even if we're playing a conference south team, you'd expect us to win. So it's, yeah, I, I'd like to see this 
this Dan get another run out on on Tuesday. I think it's a good because what he did right is he was busy. He got into all of the right positions and he had a couple of chances where with a bit of composure, you would have scored. Now, it must be difficult as a trialist when you're through on goal. Do you all of a sudden you don't see a goal? You just see a big pen and a big bit of paper <laughs> that says 12 months, 600 quid a week, extra 50 quid of a goal. So I'd be interested to see him again. Number 14 looked good. I don't, I'm not sure what position he was playing. It looked like to be playing at midfield. Um he, he looked very lively. I wonder if they took him off to kind of go, yeah, fine, you, you can stick around for a bit. We'll give you another go on Tuesday. If he was um, the same trialist <clears throat> A we had on at the previous game, the Truro game, he only got the first half in that as well. So I don't know yeah. if it's... Uh, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether he's not fit for 90 minutes, whether Johnson could would well rejig. Be. I've no idea, but it was... Strange. Well we all said oh, he's done really well in both games. We we both we all really liked him because he was very effective. We can see why we liked him, and then he got hooked at half time, having been among the more effective participants in both games, which was pre season. And that's the thing in pre season, you're not going out to win it. It's that kind of like right, we'll tick you off. We like you. Mm. You know, you've done you've done what we needed you to do. You've shown us what we wanted to see. Uh, we'll now give someone else a go. You know, that they brought a sense back on towards the end who looked a bit... I wasn't convinced by him. I don't think we'll see him again personally, but... No, he got rolled very easily for the third goal, didn't he? He looked like a bit of a lamppost, to be honest. Um, and the, the other thing worth noting is... Now, I don't believe it's anything serious with Lapsley. I think it was more of an impact injury. And one of those, why would you... Against Truro when he came off in the first half, why would you risk him? But, mm. I mean, he looks... Stella, he looks like he's going to be very, very good indeed. And also, a few of the players were either isolating or had COVID. I believe Andrews and Asa have had COVID. Yeah. So that's why we haven't seen loads of Andrews yet, because Andrews is a bit of a porker and not probably not the fittest player at the best of times. He's not going to be any fitter with, you know, <laughs> respiratory disease for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and at Asa Hall, you know, he's, he's probably on the vulnerable list. He's got to that Asa, you know. But the, the point is, <clears throat> Lapsley and Hall are probably going to be our two starting central midfielders. Mm. Unless you play a three and you've got Little in the middle with them and then Evans and O'Connell supporting the striker. Um, but you think we've got through a whole three pre-season games so far without having what you, you would assume would be the, the central midfield, mid, midfield pairing. Mm. Um I know I saw a little bit of uh, negativity towards O'Connell. Is it O'Connell or O'Connor? O'Connell. O'Connell I think. Yeah. yeah. Now I like him. I think I'd like to make a plea to the fans: stick with him. He's going to be exciting. He made the right moves. He's quite quick. He can beat a player. His final product wasn't great, but he looks up. You know, again. He's playing, he's probably not played a lot of men's football in his career so far. I think you, you know, to, to then play in, in, a, in quite a big crowd, to be fair, mm. there was well, a couple of thousand there for a preseason. Yeah, a lot of these players, six, that's, yeah, that's like Wembley, you know, for them. Um, so let's be honest, it's, um, it's, it's a difficult, it's, you know, it's, it's probably the best opponents that some of these players have played against 
And I thought um, O'Connell looked good. I'm excited by him. I, I think, yeah, stick with him and he'll, he'll come good. Um, so he's quick. He can beat a man, but he's not got much end product. Not that I've seen, not that I've okay. seen, but there was a couple of occasions where, especially in the second half, because I, you know where I stand, Matt, I stand near, mm. nearish, well, I stand, I stand next to your mum at the moment. Um, but there was a couple of things where he kind of beat a player, gets the byline, cuts it back. You know that view from the pop side, not too high up, mm. by the box. It gets the byline, cut it back, and Argyle just kind of read it because they're, League One defenders who mm. should be able to read a conference player's movements. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he could cause problems in the uh, in the dog and duck league that we're in. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear from anybody <clears throat> who was upset about Nemain leaving, who is very quick, can beat a man but has no end product. Mm. I, I don't want to hear about how people who were mad at him leaving are not excited by O'Connell, who apparently is quick, can beat a man, but has no end product. I I'm not interested in hearing from people who are, who are bothered about one and not the other. Um, yeah, it's difficult because I haven't been to any of the games. It's clearly sort of you have, and, and it, it's, it's all because the camera we use, yeah, it's fine. But even on my big computer screen here, I, it's impossible really to make out who's who. You can just about pick out Danny Wright because of his hair, uh, Joe Lewis because of his boots, and the goalie because he's wearing a different kit. And that's basically it. I, I can't tell. I don't know whether it's Lemony Evans on the ball or Armani Little or one of the new lads or I've no idea because you can't see the quality of the camera isn't good enough. So um, it's kind of difficult to pick out individual players when you don't know them. Uh, the only other one I could readily identify was um, from yesterday was Adam Randell, because who spent incidentally, a season. incidentally, once again, for me, one of the best players in the pitch. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've said this already. He was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. He, he's I, just he's far too good for League One. Far too I, good. I'd I'd I'm really really excited to see how he gets on. To the point that even if it means sitting in the away end, if there's no talky game for cup matters or whatever. I'd be half tempted to go down to them just to have the pleasure of watching him play again. Because I, I was talking to, to someone about this the other day, and I really feel that I have not seen someone who's just been so composed and so classy on the ball since Unino Kane. And I, I feel like we were robbed of a season of watching who could will probably be one of our best ever players, genuinely. Mm. And I maintain that he will play at a minimum level in the championship properly, you know, not one of these kind of like, oh yeah, he played a, a season there. I think he, he's a, a championship player, if not higher. He, he really is. He's a special talent. I, I'd, I'd, I'd almost say he's a different player to Union, sort of. I think Union was probably a little bit more attacking, but potentially on the ball, better than Union. I, I, I'm, I'm jealous of Plymouth fans. I'm very jealous of them. Yeah, getting to watch, getting to watch him. The same as Union was worth the entrance money on his own, and the other, the other ten on the pitch were just sort of ancillaries. That I would pay if they're up here, if they've got a, an away game, you know, a, a cup game, Plymouth play Altrincham or Stockport in the in the cup. I will go and watch just because I know Randell will play. 
and I'll get to watch him for another hour and a half because he he's just unnecessarily good. And he's got a lot as well. You know, he gets up, he's physical. He knocks a man off the ball despite only being little. He's good in the air. He's quick enough. He's got a touch. He can cross. He can finish. There's no earthly reason that play, play with both feet as well, which is and yeah, and, and something you can't teach. You've just you're born with that. You've it's one of those you you genuinely have got that or you haven't. And uh, he, he does. You know he's. I think Ryan Lowe did a very smart thing by letting him have a season of being the best player in a league because he probably was last season. Um, probably was the best player in the national league last season. Um, yeah, he, he'd have matured and. That's why we have the football pyramid, folks. That's why B teams should not be a thing. Yeah, ridiculous. You can't just be taking, taking, you know, loan these. We've got every club has a B team everywhere because that's how the loan system works. You can't, he's fine. You know, he needs to be mixed in with men. You can't have, you know, what good would it have done him to be next to another 18 year old, however old he is? who doesn't know things when he could be next to Asa Hall, who's double that age and can teach him things that he doesn't already know and that no young player will know. So yeah, no preposterous suggestion that you would create a BT, which is a youth academy side to play down in our division. Madness. Mm. Uh, Yeah, no, very happy. Um, Did you see the game, Tom? Did you watch it yesterday? Yeah, I saw the, uh, probably about halfway through the first half, full time and yeah I'll just say again that Randall is so good and it was just such a shame last season we just saw him get shoved out to right hand side of midfield because yesterday he just ran it didn't he from centre yeah. midfield um, I didn't I think um, I started watching it just to, just before um, Omar got injured and we looked quite composed and solid then as soon as he went off as you would expect not just because it was him going off but as a central defender going off being replaced it all went a bit tits up, didn't it? Um, I think from the Truro game, Ali Omar got a lot of um, a lot of praise um, for his big tackling and stewardship at the back. I did think that he put himself in those positions. To, he did have to dig himself out. Um, I know Richard Hughes from the um, Herald Express podcast absolutely raved about him and his challenges, but I think he's a bit hot-headed and I think... Um, Johnson said that in the after the game that he was a bit, a bit over enthusiastic. Um, yeah, in, in that conversation he had on that podcast, I think was was where he. Said, I remember because it was exactly what I'd said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, the first thing he did was um, smash the ball into the into Bristow's bench. He, yeah. he kicked it about sixty yards, but he went halfway out the bench. His second touch went over the pop side roof. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like, I can see why Johnson decided because he's Guy Branston, Mark two. Nothing yeah. is getting past him at all, but don't expect to retain the ball. If it goes anywhere near Ali, he's just going to fucking wallop it wherever it goes. Yeah. Um, but, what I, but what I do yeah. love about him is he, he does, um, you, you do fancy him every time he's going in for a challenge. And that's good, <laughs> good to have with a centre-back, isn't it? And you know that he's never, not that many centre-backs do, but you know he's definitely not going to give up even if he gets beaten. So I think as soon as he went off, there was obviously a bit of confusion and the goal's were quite sloppy, I feel like, especially with the second goal. Uh, the keeper, I don't know if he was like blind, blindsided by it or it took a deflect or something. He just seemed to, his reaction seemed to be so late and quite weak that it just obviously fell to the striker to finish it. Um, yeah, a bit disappointed. Then, I kind of wanted him to tip that around the post. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not I don't a. Know why um, he was so slow? Yeah, I mean, I've never never been a goalkeeper, so I can't really criticise him. But it did just seem a bit strange that it, <laughs> because it, the shot didn't seem to be particularly strong, did it? Um, no, no, it, it sort of trickled, not trickled back to him, but it came to him from a, a decent enough distance and a, a low enough speed that you yeah. feel like he probably could have got an arm out and tickled it. He just seemed to sort of throw him just anything at just it. Just blocked it, yeah. And yeah, it was very strange. Um, and then for the second half, it seemed pretty even, didn't it? I think their third goal, um, briefly touched on it then, about the, the Charles, was it Charles C? who was the centre-back, wasn't it? Yeah. So he, um, I mean, yeah, he does look like um, an ironing board at the back. He seemed very upright. Um and he did seem to get turned quite easily, especially as it was in the box as well. And you think Ali Omar would not be letting that happen ever. So, but again, with any trialist, like we've touched on with uh, the striker and the number 14, it's always going to be a bit harsh to judge someone on that. You just think all the pressure that is on someone like that coming into a game like this, so it's just it's their career on the line, isn't it? And I think as a, as a centre-half, as a backup, he didn't, I mean, he didn't seem out of place. And I found myself sort of thinking like sometimes when they do something you think oh that wasn't very good and you thought well if it was if he had done it really good then he wouldn't be on trial with us does he like does he fit in with the rest of the level of the squad if that <laughs> <Yes>. makes sense <laughs> so like if he if this if that striker had scored those two chances you think well how the hell is it why is he on trial he wouldn't be on trial would he so yeah I think yeah, the players right. the players didn't look out of place in our team and I think when the eye is on you you're going to notice them tiny minuscule mistakes you make and they'll people make a judgment on it whereas so, I mean you're stood next to the opponent against Joe Lewis and last season when we got him in I think I sort of reserved judgment on him I'm sort of I'm still a bit scarred from his left back performance at Solly Holloway a couple of seasons ago <laughs> and uh he just looks so composed and then that was in my head I was just thinking oh, he's, he's the ball playing center half you want someone who's composed like the Croy turns just gets his head up, doesn't he, as soon as he gets it. Whereas yeah. playing him alongside the no-nonsense centre-half, like Ali Omar, that's quite a National League sort of balance in, that you want, isn't it? Um, so, in all in all, I think the, the centre-half trial list, I'd happily see him again. I think we'd say that for all the trial lists, wouldn't we? Um, and again, you say you can't judge a performance because it's a friendly, but at the same time, if you're not going to judge a performance, then what's the point in even doing the friendly at all and then us sitting here and doing a podcast about it? <laughs> so... No, quite. It's it's funny. I I just go back to your point about um, Ali Omar. I completely agree. He is he's very much a, a much a rough diamond, isn't he? You can see it. There's there's certainly something there, but there's there's work to be done with him. Now, I think he will always look better playing next to Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis is what one might call a Rolls Royce of a centre back. He is he's going to be up there with being one of the best in that position in this league, if not the best this season, because on the ball, he looks like, you know, I'm not being funny at this level. He could comfortably play for central midfield. You know, he, he's so good mm. on the ball. He's so composed and he never looked panicked, you know, with Ali, he's quite erratic. You know, there's some stuff he does. You think that can't be the natural way of doing things, but he's got the ball away. And the ball's free from danger. So there's certainly work to be done. Ali Omar actually quite a lot reminds me of, of a kind of early days Kyle Cameron. You know, clearly something there just needs to be kind of coached. And, you know, they've got 
you know, not only a very good manager and a good team, but the assistant manager is a former centre half. So you can, and Chris Todd's there, you know, they're, he's got two centre halves to work with. So I'm interested to see how, how they get on with him. Um, the, yeah, I'd have all three trialists back for Tuesday. I think it's a much fairer test for them because it's, you know, we're not going to be playing teams as in theory bad as Tiverton every week, but it's a, t- it's a chance where they can look good. And if you can't look good, you know, so this striker, if he can't look like a, a class above Tiverton on Tuesday, maybe he's not for us. But like we alluded to, he's clearly got a very good goals record where he's been in his career. So I'm interested to see how he can... Uh, Oh, uh, we can get on. I, I I like the look of it. He's of all the trialists, he's the one that's kind of got me most excited. More so because the number fourteen trialist A has always been playing on the other side to where where I stand. Yeah. So I just didn't see enough of him. But you know, those two, those two are the ones that I I focus on a bit more. The centre back. Let's be honest. I think we're all waiting to see if we can get Sam Sharing back on loan for the season. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's too ambitious. I don't think it's, you know, if you if you press me to make a call on it now, I'd say no. Just in that kind of part of me, just doesn't believe it could happen. But by all accounts, it it could happen. Um, and even if not, I think we'll probably be getting another decent young centre back on loan anyway. If it's not sharing, so if you're getting someone else in, effectively they're just there to plug the gaps when when we get an injury crisis yeah who who goes in at left back when moxie's out and he will be out at the moment jake andrews it, it's one of those do you got dan martin haven't we dan martin of course he does yeah yeah, yeah. silly me oh yeah. is he uh Gosh. he goes in at left back does he? yeah completely okay. forgot because he, he he was he, he had a knock yesterday so he wasn't in um because i was very impressed with him against truro I think he's quite a modern fullback. I, I'd imagine he was put a fullback a few years ago because he was probably a winger. Um, right. More attacking than defending, but very, very athletic. He looks like the sort of person that at the end of training is like, oh, he wants to go for a run then. You're like, fucking hell, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Of course he is. Yeah, he, he's, he will fill in for, for Moxie. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't think we're far off from quite a good core squad I think it's just a case of keeping them fit you know like Lapsley took a knock the other day Ali took a knock yesterday if you can keep these kind of players fit I don't see why not why we can't have another good season well that was the bloody thing wasn't it was that we we did really nicely we were at least as good as Argyle for 41 minutes Omar gets kicked on the shin goes off we can see two goals in two minutes and yeah. the game is completely different without our guy actually having really been any better than us. It wasn't like in Truro actually forced um, Marcin into more saves than um, Halstead made yesterday. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because they, you know, they actually they they were quite good in the same way that we. I don't think really we deserve to beat Truro three nil, not really by a long chalk. Um, Truro can be a little bit aggrieved that that game didn't finish 1-0. Plymouth weren't really three goals better than us yesterday. They took advantage of us rejigging at the back twice. They scored two in two minutes, 30 seconds after Ali went off. 
and then one immediately or very shortly after trial C came on and we rejigged at the back again. So they took advantage of us being disorganized and whatnot after a reshuffle. They're right, they looked they looked pretty good. I rather liked that broom, their number seven on the right wing, a new guy. I thought he was quite good. Obviously, Randell played well. One or two other others were all right, but they didn't seem for a side that was fully fit playing and only just getting into their stride Torquay, I didn't think they they looked that good. And without Ali going off, it say it gets to half time at nil-nil. You know, they all right, they scored the third goal. So they score the one that was the third goal and they beat us one nil. You go in, this team is probably the side pretty much that's going to start against Rotherham in League One on Saturday. And they've laboured their way past an unfit, unfamiliar side from two divisions below. I'm not convinced if I was a, a Janner, I'd be all that confident going in against Rotherham, particularly. So I don't think we did too badly. Um, and particularly, as you say, considering we've got Lapsley out, who is potentially the best among the signings from a sort of talent point of view. We've got three trialists on the pitch at one point and we've got one or two others, you know, that would probably start our first game against Altrincham, also not on the pitch. So, yeah, all in all, a reasonably good workout. I think I think we looked all right in losing 3-0. I know Johnson wasn't happy. I've just watched his interview just before we came on. I watched his, his interview and he wasn't particularly happy, but I don't think we'll do too badly. I think we'll do all right. I think we looked better against Plymouth than we did against Truro, I feel like. Like you just said, the three mm. nil to yeah. to us against Truro flattered us a lot. There, there was times when we were watching it, it was just corner after corner after corner. We just couldn't just couldn't get ourselves out. I definitely can't believe that they didn't they didn't score against us. Now on my phone in front of me, mm. I have on flash score in a very strange order because it's not alphabetical. The new National League table. It is quite strange seeing a couple of teams in there, uh, namely Grimsby and Southend. Grimsby seeing them back here and Southend because they are far too big to be in this division, but they are, get used to it. Um, my favourite part is at the bottom, Dover are there with minus 12. <laughs> so I believe this is one of Ballard's idea. I can't remember, ideas. I can't remember exactly what it is, but... Uh, I've got a little bit of a twist on whatever it is. So if you're happy for me to... Yeah, take, take yeah I'm, I'm this gonna, sounds like a game and I like games. Come gonna, on. We've got two things. So I'm going to give you a couple of categories. I'll answer them as well. Uh, a couple of, couple of categories. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. I want your answer for the team. And then we're going to go and do something slightly different afterwards. So off the top of your head, uh, Tom, who's winning the league? Uh, Stockport Matthew yeah sorry Stockport yeah likewise they've they've got to um, who's getting relegated first well uh, excluding Dover or can we no, anyone it's got to be Dover isn't it minus 12 Dover I mean I kind of hope it's Dover yeah, I, Dover. I, I desperately I, minus twelve or not. I think I'd say Dover anyway. But it could be, 
it could be Weymouth, it could be Wealdstone because they were uh, they went third, they were third when they played us last year, and then they went on a run that saw them finish about two points above the drop zone. They've they're also signed Umera, so they're not Umera and Matt Booth, yeah. Matt Buse has got their number eight shirt as well. So yeah, hasn't he? You know, I'm sure, he's a lo- sure he's a lovely guy, but okay, fair enough. I'm gonna stick with Dover, but irrespective of the minus 12. Yeah, I'm going to say Dover because of the minus 12, but I did want to say Kings Lynn. I can see I them struggling. Yeah. I just think every year there's one of those chances, a bit like when Fylde spent all that money and it was like, oh, hang on, we're still shit. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, you know they, in... they spent a load of money, didn't they? Getting players you've heard of to go and play for Kings Lynn. Isn't that why he's charging 500 quid for a season yeah. ticket? I think it's 400 is their average price for the season ticket average um, price because they've got because they've got a very small seating stand a lot of it's because they are genuinely a pub team you know and a lot of their ground is terracing with their main you know in inverted commas main stand is one of those that it, it's central on the side but it doesn't go the whole length of the ground right like the whole length City, of the pitch a bit like that one yeah and they've probably only got I, d- I doubt they've even got a thousand seats there, so that's why they can get away with charging that much. It also does seem that they're charging as much as they can this year because they know that they're not going to be having this level of football next season. No, to, quite to sell. <laughs> yeah, potentially, I suppose if you can. Yeah, I mean, I've been to been to Kingsley once, the old Kingsley before they were wound up. Mm. Um, over fifty grand, you know, that's all it was. They owed HMRC fifty thousand pounds. They got wound up the old club. 50 grand is all it was. Uh, they lost 6-1, I think, to Kettering Town in the FA Cup. And I happened to be in, basically in Kings Inn anyway. Uh, so I went for fun. Uh, yeah, there, there was a goal uh, where a guy threw the ball directly into the net, took a throw in, really long throw. And instead of leaving it, the goalkeeper like tipped it into his own net took the officials about 15 minutes to work out what had gone on and whether to give the goal or not. Uh, and then there was one one of Kettering's goals where the ball, it was the, the longest I've ever seen a ball travel across the penalty area without being touched. It, I promise it was rolling for about 15 seconds, this ball, some kind of conservation of momentum experiment that, um, that like Chris Lintzart might be interested in, rolled all the way across the penalty area. Nobody went anywhere near it until a Kettering Town player sort of walked up to it and lashed it in the back of the net for probably the fifth or sixth goal. I think Kingsley had given up by then. Uh, yeah, very, very strange. Really weird club. Weird place. Weird people. Weird club. Strange owner. Weird owner. Yeah. Owner's very strange. Really uh, really, hang about, hang, I'm talking about Kingsley. Aren't you from Norwich? Yeah, mate, it's only just down the road from me. Half an hour. Well, like, yeah, I know. I was, I spent a year and a half, a couple of years living in very near Swaffham. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, right. Top scorer, as in player. Oh. Uh, who has, who's the bloke that Wrexham have signed? That one season wonder that's gone to Wrexham. Paul, Paul Mullen. Mullen, you reckon it's going to be him? Yeah, I'll say him. Paddy Madden. You're going to say Madden. Okay, I see. I think Madden drops a little too deep. I mean, maybe they'll coach that out of him or like build the team around him and and get it out of him. But 
Uh, I'm going to go Scott Quigley because he's done it before. That's kind of my only reason. That yeah, he's Dave signing from Barrett. But again, he's one that actually he's got. I've just got. I'm going off the stats here, so forgive me if they're wrong. But he scored twenty in their promotion season. Okay, that doesn't sound um, like it's good. Doesn't sound amazing. But bearing in mind the season was finished on points per game with about seven games left. He probably got another three or so. So, you know, fair play. And then he got 14 in a fairly poor Barrow side last year. So he's a good signing at this level. I must admit the Wrexham one, it does make me laugh because I think we've all seen rumours of what he's on. I think I saw something about nine grand a week. I I don't think it is because that's just not sustainable. However rich your owners are, because if if there's a wage cap that comes in, you know, we, we've all said it so many times. The three sides that have thrown money at it this summer, well, the two sides, Stockport and Wrexham, and then Notts County, who have put some money in. I don't think they've thrown money at it to a silly degree, but, you know, they won't all go up. And ultimately, you know, someone's going to have to turn around to their players and go, oh, you know, that big contract we gave you. Yeah, we're going to have to either set you know either sell them or whatever um but Wrexham yeah th- this chap what's, what's his name Paul Mullin. Paul Mullin he was um he was funny when he left Cambridge because he released a statement basically saying that he was heartbroken to be leaving blah 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 blah. and he was obviously their top goal scorer to get them up into league one they offered him a deal and they offered him as much as they could and he still rejected it so he's it's quite a weird um sentiment from him to say he's heartbroken to be leaving when he's literally rejecting the best contract that the club can offer him so do you want uh, that kind uh, of personality in your team yeah and and that's a little bit you know I'm not going to go into it again but that's like certain players that have left us mm. saying that they were heartbroken it was tough to write but you know not that tough because you know I've, I've just been uh, updating my direct debit details sort of thing so <laughs> but you know Fantastic year last year, 32 goals. But how often do you see a player have, you know, if you look at Rene Howe's career, Mm. he had one season with us that he scored about 13 goals, which for him, fantastic. That's probably the best season he's ever had. Apart from that, he was a kind of like single, single digit striker every year. You know, those kind of signings don't worry me. Stop, you know, Wrexham have made some very questionable signings for some for a team that are going to be throwing money at it. Um, you know they've they've got players like Jake Hyde. Jake Hyde was all right. He was okay at working in the Conference South. He was all right at Halifax last season. I, I, I'd hard you know I'd be much happier with. I was much happier with Clyde Lolos joining us. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't fuss me at all. Hyde, he was the best player in a, along with Little, in a pretty limited, um, Woking side. I think in that non-league South year, and then well, it, went to he, Halifax. Didn't didn't do anything. Yeah, well, he lost his place. He was at Woking their first season back in the conference, but in the conference South season, he lost his place to Greg Lua and Max Kreshvar was playing kind of just behind. So, you know. Good, good player, Hyde. You know, he's played league football. He's he's okay. You know, he's a little bit, with all due respect, a bit of a poor man's Ryan Bowman. Make of that what you will. Um, you know, they've they had pretty much identical careers for, for about five years. Um, uh, 
Right. I've got a thing I want to do. I'm going to go down every 23 team in the league, and I want you to say higher or lower, whether Torquay will finish higher or lower. So if I, there's no, I'm going on the uh, flash score list here, which isn't alphabetical. The only bit of order is Dover at the bottom, but I have no idea how they've come up with this. Um, I mean, it doesn't look that different to what the season will probably finish. But right, I'm gonna, so I'm going to say a team. I want you to say higher if you think Torquay will finish higher. And then obviously lower if you think we'll yeah. finish lower. Okay. So Stockport. Lower. Lower. Yeah, I'd agree. South End. Higher. Oh, it's difficult. I don't know. I haven't seen anything they've done. Um, I haven't been aware of any signings they've made from a team that got relegated last year. So I'm going to say Tokyo finish higher. I would agree. They've signed, they've got a player called a Ricky Holmes. Is that, um, he, he's got league experience, but no, sorry, he was there already. But they've signed Reese Murphy. He's probably the one player that we all know. Um, Yeovil striker. Yeah, he was yeah. with us for a, for a couple of months under Mr. Hours, but very underwhelming career. He he had a good season at Yeovil when they first went there, and he had a good season at Chelmsford in the Conference South. But if, if you're a striker, you can't have a bad season in the Conference South, can you? Uh, Yeovil? Higher. Higher. Yeah. Barnet. Higher. higher. <laughs> much, much higher. Yeah, I, I've, I've got Barnet to go down, to be honest. Uh, Chesterfield. Higher. Lower, I think. I think they've Ooh. spent a few quid and are looking at... They were pretty good. They weren't the team that we beat very narrowly with a Gary time goal early on. Once they got rid of uh, Pemberton... And he went off to become a bricklayer or something more befitting his managerial skill. Um, they got the uh, whatever that other guy is. Uh, I think we. Had, I think he was there. He was there when we beat James Rowe. I think he James was there Rowe. When we beat them. He was there. No, it's Pemberton because he was the one who was. I remember the interview, the post-match interview. He gave the same interview about three games in a row. Was it? Um, or the, the second game, second time I played them away. No, that was no the the, the, uh, very early on in the season. Anderson oh, gave sorry. the we beat and was it the header? Corner came in and we, oh, we nobody knew who'd got the yeah. header, whether it was Acer or uh, Benny Winter. Yeah, I can't remember if it was a header was or not, goal. but it was certainly yeah, it was one of those two. It was chaos. Yeah. Wasn't it? it was nobody knew who'd score, but it was about the ninety-sixth minute. And in truth, they'd actually been all right that day. Um, Chesterfield, they didn't really deserve. To learn, is there to win? He didn't deserve to lose, and we we pinched a win. But he came out and he went bananas, Pemberton. Yeah, and then he gave the same interview the week after when they lost, and the week after when they lost, their fans lost a temper, and he was sacked the week after or whatever. And then they got the new guy in, I think Rowe, um, and they've looked pretty. They look quite good at the end of last season. I think they will be in and among. They'll push Stockport, I think, quite hard. I think we'll finish higher, but I think they'll be up there. I do think they'll be up there. Um, They've also, they've, you know, they've got the king of National League football. They've got Danny Rowe, you know, and with a pre-season under his belt, he will score goals at this level. He always does. Um, Another dark horse wide, Dagenham and Redbridge. Higher. Yeah, I'd agree, but they'll ruffle a few feathers. Grimsby. Higher. Yeah, I think Grimsby are going to... I think they're going to be. I don't. I think they'll do a bit of a a yeovil, but 
Yeovil this season just gone. Uh, yeah, they're a National League side, aren't they, Grimsby? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, they're sort of lookalikes and our, <laughs> our new new best friends, Not, uh, Nottingham County. Uh, oh, this is really hard. Um, lower, I think maybe. I don't want to say it, but I think eventually... <laughs> Mr. Spreadsheet is going to pull the right players in. Gone by Christmas. It? it is Matt. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then they'll have the budget to to rejig and a club of Notts County size being managed properly is probably quite a draw for a lot yeah. of pretty good players. I can see them being able to... Ba- I mean, they, um, Stockport have got this kid from Man United on loan. I can see Notts County being able to get a couple of decent loanies, it's say in January if they need them from good sides and um, if they've got a proper manager in place by then rather than the PE teacher. I, yeah, I can just see him, annoyingly, I can see him doing really well. I'm torn. I'm going to say higher because they're the team that I want to beat this season. Um, but also because... You say a good manager would do that. Neil Ardley's a good manager and he, you know, all right, sometimes it's difficult to resurrect a football club who've just been relegated from the league, but I'm just not convinced by them. I'm not convinced by all their signings. Um, Kyle Cameron's already been named their captain, um, which, yes, he was our vice captain, but going into a big club, I'm surprised they that that's the the leader they've got. They haven't got anyone else who's, uh, you know, unless they've got players who might be pushing on age-wise a bit. But I did find that interesting because they've given the vice-captain to Kyle Watson, who didn't say a word in the semi-final. Um, and then, and yeah, next big one, Wrexham. Mm, Tom? <laughs> Uh, I feel like if you can't can't be optimistic at the start of the season, then when can you be? And I think Stockport are the only standout team for me that are actually, that I'm scared of and think are better than us. The rest, I think it's it's a bit of a lottery between us and Wrexham and County and Southend. Um, So I'm going to go higher. Uh, Are Wrexham actually any good? I'm going to say lower because I'm just, I am... Not cheating, I don't think, but I'm, I am looking down the same flash scores list that uh, Jurif is using to pull these out. And I can hear myself saying higher for virtually all of the, potentially all of all of the rest. Um, and I don't think we're going to finish as high as third or wherever that put us. So I'm going to say lower just so I've got another club above us. Yeah, I'm going to say lower as well because I think so far I've only put Stockport's higher. Yeah. And I can't see us finishing second. Yeah, do I at the moment? No, I didn't see us finishing second this time last year. I didn't see us no. finishing top five this time last year. So, you, you know, you never know. Um, right, who's that? Older shot. Well, I mean, higher. Yeah. Ultrium. Higher, much higher. I've got Ulti to go at least struggle. I'm not convinced by them. They always play nice football, watching. They always have played really nice football. It just isn't very effective. Nice little club. I've heard really nice things about Altrincham, mm. and they're one of the clubs that 
you know, as long as it's not against us, I'd, I'd, I'd happily see them win most of their games. But mm. I don't know. They're, they're a very small club for this level. Yes, sir. Halifax? Oh, yeah. I don't know. They've got Billy Waters and I still love Billy Waters. So, but no, I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, Torquay higher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Weymouth? Uh, at least uh, 20 places higher. <laughs> yeah, Dave. They've had their day in the sun. It's time to go back to the, the amateur leagues now. Yeah, no, quite. I'm looking forward to the, to Weymouth away, though. I'll, I'll be getting the train to that one. Okay. They'll uh, be swapping what... places, I think, with Dartford. Um, uh, complete tangent. Um, have you seen some of the signings that Dartford have made? They've got big favourites, aren't they, now? They got Jake Robinson and Adi Aziz up front on one or two other very, very good players. They've had a really good preseason. Uh, I mean, that, they, those two as a strike force, they do a job at, the, at this level. Yeah, absolutely, they would. Um, they, Robinson's oh, he's had a couple of penalties, but they've played a lot of really big teams. They played, well, I don't know, Carlisle United or somebody yesterday, South End or somebody. Um, drew two all. I think Robinson got both. So I think that was um, against South End, I think. It was, sorry, what? I think it was against South End. It could well have been South End, yeah, local, local side. So they are, um, they must be hot. I think they were really unlucky not to go. They were top the year it was all called off. I think they were basically top last year when it got called off. Um, and so, yeah, I, I back them to be swapping places with Weymouth this time next year. No, I think you could be right. Um, okay, I'm not going to name every club now because I think some have been given. So, Woking, I think we'd all agree we're going to finish higher. Yeah. Um, Bromley, interesting one. I've got them as my dark horses this year. Yeah, seventh last year and then got absolutely annihilated didn't they, in that first playoff game. But they weren't meant to get to the playoffs. You know, they brought this no. new chap in and they just, they became that team that every league has that just make themselves hard to beat. They don't go out to win games. They go out to not lose in the knowledge that they will, they had that Michael Cheek, who I think, have they still got him? I think they have, um, yeah. You know, good player will probably, you know, and also, you know, they've got, I'm just having a look at their squad, because there's a couple of them that I've forgotten about. So they've got James Alibi, who's, he's never been prolific, but he's always been a good striker at this level, in that, you know, those players that just do a job by roughing up the defenders whilst... A little yeah. bit like Blissett sort of did, or yeah. almost Harrod did. They take it in turns. Um, Didn't he? Wasn't he at Geisley, Alabi or Alibi, whatever he's called? Um, and I think he did all right for Geisley a few years ago. I might, I was, I might make scored that a lot for um, a lot for Chester. Yeah, just got right, like Chester. Okay. He did well. Went to Tranmere. Didn't do an awful lot. But then he's been at Dover, Orient, Eastleigh, and then he scored eight for Bromley last season, which, which by his standards is yeah. quite good. But Again, one of those that you'd rather you, you players probably like playing with him, and they've also got that Courtney Duffus who was at Yeovil, and again oh, isn't he the is most good. consistent, yeah. but is a good player. If they can get him firing, and then obviously Michael Cheek, who he got twenty three last year, he got thirteen the year before, seventeen the year before that. Yeah, yeah. he's always hit double figures. He he looks a, a real player at this level. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll finish higher, but they're one of those teams that I'm. I'd keep an eye out for certainly the, I think that's certainly been the playoff picture. Mm. 
Uh, Eastley? Higher. Higher. Yeah, higher. I Funny team, Eastley. I, I, I don't, they don't particularly worry me. Uh, Maidenhead? Higher. Who've they got? They've kept Blissett and they've got one other somebody we know. Uh, Dan Sparkles. Dan Sparkles, that's Our old him. Mate. Yeah, who, who I always like. They've got that Kane Ferdinand who was at, you know, spent quite a long time at Woking. But at one point was playing for Peterborough, I remember. But yeah, wasn't it South End as well? I think he started before. there. He was there kind of when we were back in the league. And I'll tell you what it bit... was. He he was at South End with the day they beat us 4 0 at Roots Hall. He got two. Uh, and I remember because I went to Argyle that day instead of making the long trip over because we were rubbish. Uh, and I listened to us lose 4 0 while I was watching the Argyle match. Uh, <laughs> In the stadium, a bit strange, but yeah, that, that was him. Got at least two that day. Yeah, no, I remember that because I remember he went to Peterborough, and it was you know he was meant to be one of those kind of really move up the leagues, and just just didn't, okay. you know. Um, Solihull Moors. Have they got a load of money this year? They've always got- had a load of money, and they've got they're spending it this year. Still wasting it on that Rooney guy. Yeah, still paying Rooney about five grand a week. Uh, which one, John? Uh, Adam. Adam Rooney, the one who Salford, because obviously we miss Salford. They, yeah, yeah they, we, they kind of leapfrogged us, but he, yeah, I'm just looking at his career. He sort of Swindon, and then spent quite a lot of time up in Ab- Aberdeen, being their main striker, but on good money, and I. I remember when he went to Salford. It oh, yeah. so he scored. He scored twenty two the year they went up. I, I think about twenty of those penalties from watching the documentary. Right. But he only scored eight last year, and this is my thing with that Paul Mullin. He's on huge money for this level. He's on more money than he'd be on in League One with Cambridge. Hmm. He can't be. Where is the incentive? Now, being a striker is like being a salesman. You give a salesman a massive basic salary they'll do fuck all. You give them a reasonable basic salary and a very hefty bonus scheme, they're going to, you're going to get your money's worth out of them. With a striker at this level, you pay them massive money. Where's the incentive? You've got a contract for two years on five grand a week. Um, you know, that's half a million quid's worth of wages over two years. You're set for life then, really, aren't you? Um, this is a conversation that Ellis and I had in the car yesterday, virtually word for word, including the salesman analogy, where I said, if you give somebody, you know, I, I just picked a number out of my ass and said, you give them 100,000 a year and 5% of everything they sell, well, I'll just live a very happy life selling nothing, not but just coasting along. Only 20K like an amount of money that it's physically impossible to live on, making 50% of everything I sell and watch me work 20 hours a day. There is no, what are any of these players? Like that um, Wrexham last year, oh, we'll, give you, we'll give you a quarter of a million pounds to share between a squad. Well, 25 of it is 10 grand. And you're like, thanks, you know, 10,000 pounds. But I know if I hang around next year, you're going to pay me cut the grand a week. Well, it's probably what, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Luke Young was now on that sort of money, for example, their player of the year every year. Probably if you want me, I'm a couple of thousand pounds a week. Well, okay, fine. What do I need 10% of that for as a bonus? I don't care. 
by the yeah. time uh, the treasury's had their little chunk off me you're going to give me a five and a half six thousand pound in my bin lovely but you don't need it i don't no. need um, it yeah i'm just going to waste it i'm running my car or something or a I'll go on only lovely. It'll pay for me summer holiday, but I don't need somebody to pay for my summer holiday. It's like goal bonuses in the Premier League. How do you incentivize Raheem Sterling by offering him another 20 grand on top of his couple of hundred thousand a week if he scores a goal? It's like, well, I'm not asked. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, but that's the level where you know they'll they're elite athletes and they'll perform anyway. Whereas I'm not saying that these players won't put a shift in, but you know, Adam Rooney just didn't look like he wanted it as much as say, you know, a lot of it comes down to attitude. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's mm. 33. Danny Wright's 36, 37 and looks like he's a 28 year old player. who's who's trying to have one last shot at the football league. He, he, he still kind of cares, but you know, Lolos is probably on what 700 quid a week. I don't know. Is that sort of money that you'd expect to, a 20-year-old. Yeah, I mean, what, what is that? Right, 35,000 a year, something like that? Just tiny pinch over? Yeah, 36,4. Just wait it out. So, it's you not know, a if bad you're giving, salary, is it? No, and if you're giving him 700 quid a week and say, right, if you score, we'll give you 50 quid a goal, you know, it, it, it's a little kind of like, hey, if you get a couple of goals in a game, that's 100 quid pays me to take one of Torquay's finest out for the night and have a good time, you know. But yeah, so Adam really, it, it, one of those strikers that I just think you're going to pay an awful lot of money to and he's at the end of his career. I'm not a fan of these payday footballers. You know, I was worried that would be what Danny Wright would be because he'd been at Solid Hole hmm. and he was the complete opposite, complete opposite. That um, actually is my fear with Johnson. My worry is that one of these clubs, Stockport or Notts County or Wrexham, are eighth at Christmas. And they go, I'm really sorry, you're in the bin. They come to Johnson and go, we'll give you 10 grand a week for two or three years, get us promoted and we'll give you another quarter of a million pound. And he says to his wife, what if... I go and earn us the thick end of, say, a million quid over the next two years, working really hard. We'll take that. We'll sell our probably million-pound house that he lives in in Bristol. The kids are all grown up. Mate, he can, you know, his son at um, Sunderland can take care of himself. We'll go and buy something on the Costa del Arsol in Spain and live out our days very happily, and I can retire with me dicky heart and handsome wife that's my fear is that if you throw that kind of money at johnson he won't be able to resist love talkie or not love the challenge or not love the game or not i'm just a bit terrified that maybe that's what happens i can see why you'd say that but i wouldn't agree with you i think these are the type of clubs that will i mean look Notts County dropped. They got rid of Ardley, who, give him the time, he would have taken them up. He's a mm. good manager. He took a, a very, very average and small-budgeted uh, Wimbledon side quite high. I think he got them to League One. You know, they go for the young, trendy, 
you know, Chino manager. I can't see Johnson doing that. I think he's one of those, it's local. He's lived in Bristol for so long now. That's, you know, if you think his last few clubs have always been in that kind of area. He's settled there. And you see the way he, he is when people leave us. I can't see him leaving the club. He's also under contract, so they'd have to effectively buy him from us. Is he under one of these rolling deals? Do we Month, know? He's on. He's on. He, he signed a year contract in in the summer, I believe. So, okay. yeah, I, I'm not worried about him leaving. The only scenario I can see is if we're struggling, and they go, "Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, we need to go with someone else." But I can't even see that happening. I think. I hope we go up in the next couple of years. Johnson keeps us there and then goes, do you know what? I'm off into the sunset, you know, puts his hat on and he rides off into the sunset. But I think what will happen, he will probably retire from football management at Torquay. I don't think he'll want to uproot and move again. He's managed some big clubs. He's had a good career. I don't think at what, 60 something. I don't think an extra payday is going to make it an, enough of a difference in his life. I, I can't see it happening. Okay. Um, right. There's one, <clears throat> two, three, four teams left here. Three of them, I'm going to say, on behalf of all of us, I'd imagine Kingsley, Wheelstone, and Dover that will finish above them. And then there's the other one, which are always that kind of team that you kind of forget about. And they go about their business quite quietly. Um, Boreham Wood. Yeah, a bit like Bromley. No idea, really. Because um, they are, it's the, the usual thing. They're real close to London. So blokes go in there, they make 300 quid a week doing that and 100,000 a year driving a cab or whatever the old gag is, being a plumber's mate or what have you. Um, so they get much better, uh, much better players than they deserve. Didn't they draw ninety percent of their games last year? Yeah, they they finished most of their games one one, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, and they, I think they did against us, didn't they? They something. I don't know. Whatever it was, um, I think they will be the team that pushes Wrexham into. Eighth. Having said, I think we'll finish below Wrexham. I do wonder if, um, as the National <laughs> Obsession observe, every single year, Wrexham finish eighth. They get beaten to the playoffs on the last day every season. I wonder if Boring Wood are going to be that team this year. They're going to win 1-0 at Eastleigh on the last day while Wrexham are held at home by us and and that knocks Wrexham out of the playoffs. So you're diff- I think we'll finish higher, but only just, only by a place or two. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, they've got, I mean, up front, they've got a good couple of strikers. They've got Tyrone Marsh, who we know from yeah. a, a half season he spent with Torquay, who I believe had a little bit of an attitude problem because Kev kind of tried to work on him a bit and uh, kind of all of a sudden went to Dover. I can't remember if he was one of the players where there was uh, a bit of a dispute over fees. Um He's, yeah, he's been at Borenwood for a couple of years now, I think, and is a reasonable player at this level. And they've got that Shamanga, who we all know is the player that we'd love to see at Torquay. Um, Why but, doesn't uh, he move? Why has he got no ambition? Every year, every window, every all the while, he gets linked with about seven or eight League One clubs. 
or good League Two, you know, like the the big bigger clubs in League Two, decent League One. Oh, the, this Bolton are having a look at him, and Peterborough are having a look at him, and he never bloody goes anywhere. What? Yeah, better yourself, man, for crying out loud. <laughs> it's strange. You can't really put your finger on why because you know it's because they're a full-time club all of their players are full-time now um so it's not like you'd have to give up a part-time job you know you're still a full-time footballer and you think if you're london based because he was at oxford city wasn't he in the conference south Mm. yeah he was because we beat him 6-2 and he was you know jake andrew scored a hat-trick psychojana scored two and and it Reed scored one and he was still the best player on the pitch. And we were all yeah. going, and we were all going, fucking hell. When when Reed goes, we've got to get him in. Um, um I believe we've kind of inquired about him every every summer. Um now I can understand why someone wouldn't move down to talk here. If you're like, mm, no, I'm I'm set up London, it's four hours away. I'm sorry, I don't care how good the contract is, don't care how good the manager is, I don't want to up, uproot and, and go down there. You know, same with me, and when I, I was offered a, uh, a job in Manchester a long long time ago and it was like uh, actually my life's down here I, I you know it's not for me um but surely surely you look and london-based league clubs uh or, or kind of even further afield you've got teams like luton town you've got stevenage you've got well you, um, came, you came through at mk dons didn't you yeah mk dons uh, you can even go a little bit further up the road to um up to Cambridge or somewhere, couldn't you? Cambridge United, yeah. you know, decent sides. Loads of clubs that you could go to, but yeah, clearly he doesn't want to move on. And if that's what he wants to do, that's you know, that's what he wants to do. But yeah, I'd have us finishing above Borenwood, but they're one of those teams where they just kind of go about their business quietly. And of course, they've got ex gull Christian Pierce there, who is quite hot and cold. You know, one minute he's the best footballer at a level the next he's, he's not you know I remember the year that we got relegated he he turned into one of the best centre-backs we've had mm-hmm. and then we got relegated and we all thought that him and Aaron Downs at the back sorted he couldn't get past at the time an aging Aaron Downs who all right was still very good but a young and f- quite fiery Angus McDonald so yeah. We had some decent defenders then, didn't we? Because we, we had Pierce and Brian Saar. Um, Sarzi was a nightmare at the beginning, and like a bit actually, a little bit Ali Omar. Wouldn't yes, he at the beginning? He was, Brian yeah. Saar, and then all of a sudden it clicked. I don't know whether it was working with Pierce or Downsdale or, or what, but it, it suddenly it fixed in his mind. You could almost see it happening. Well, Pierce came came the season. I think he was actually signed by Alan Neil. So I think Saar had left by then because Saar only did two years with us. Um, and I mean, it's funny with Brian Saar, I still maintain that it was Ling, Martin Ling's only mistake as Torquay manager or one of two mistakes as Torquay manager. His first thing that he did is obviously he'd worked with Brian Saar at Leighton Orient and Cambridge. Brian Saar came and he said, yeah, he's a new captain. And I think everyone, I think even bloody May Hayward would, would have agreed and said, hang on a minute we've got Lee Mansell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's the captain and he, you know, you can't, you can't just change that that quickly because that's not how it works. Um, but yeah, so that was one thing. I think that made it difficult for Saar, but 
all of a sudden, and there was always the debate because we had a very good Mark Ellis and a very good Chris Robertson. Chris Robertson was then sold to Preston, if I'm right in thinking. And it was that kind of like, right, Brian Sarr and Mark Ellis do your thing. And those two just clicked like bit really well. Um, and then the next season, yeah, he he was off at the end. I can't, I can't remember where he went now. I think he might have gone to Barney or someone like that, you know, just to kind of, again, head back up to London way. Um, but yeah, Christian Pierce was, was a funny one because he was very good in the league season. Very good. Uh, it took a little bit of settling in, but once he had settled in, yeah, fantastic. Like one of those players that you just think, too good for us. For some reason, he he stayed on the next summer. Um, obviously, when Hargreaves had his first preseason, and he could, yeah, he just didn't get looking over McDonald and Downsy. Yeah, okay. which is understandable. I mean, Angus McDonald is now a okay. He's back in League One with Rotherham, but he's a League One Championship standard centre half. And uh, Aaron Downs was just, especially at this level, so cultured. You know, when we lost him. I think he did one season with us and then uh, I don't think the club could afford to keep him on, you know, when Dave Phillips came in and um, obviously ended up at Cheltenham and was he their captain when they won the league? He was there at absolutely everything. He was there. Johnson used to send him out for post-match interviews, the lot. He was just, it was pretty obvious that they were, he was moulding him into becoming what he is now, which is presumably Johnson's successor. Uh, with, I mean, I having been negative about, I wonder whether he'll go for an enormous paycheck. I would quite like to see Johnson move upstairs and become our first director of football since Colin Lee and, <laughs> um, uh, and hang around the club, mentoring Downsy through his first season or two at the helm. I know that isn't a universally popular uh, prediction or hope for the future, but uh, it wouldn't disappoint me because I can see him being all right at it. No, well, I said this recently. I can't remember what group chat it was on. Um, but I said, I've never been a fan of, you know, if Johnson was to leave for Downsy to then be the manager, because y- your head coach is, you've effectively, so you've got the manager, assistant manager, slash head coach, whatever, then you've got a captain and then you've got the team. So the, you know, the captain often takes a step up to go and be the assistant manager. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a natural step because you're still the player's mate as assistant manager. They just call you get a coach or, you know, downsy or whatever, but you're still doing effectively the same thing on the training pitch. I'd imagine um, just a little bit more responsibility. Going from assistant manager to manager you know, you've then got to, got to do that thing of like, actually, now you call me Gaffer. I'm not Downsy, I'm Gaffer. And I'm not going to be your mate anymore because I'm your boss. And Downsy would probably make a great manager. I just don't think at Torquay. He'd do a very good job. He would have been, if he was 10 years older or whatever, he'd have done a very good job in the role that Buckle had. Not that Buckle didn't, but in that kind of setup with a director of football, very good. If he went, you know, if Johnson went to, I'm going to pluck a club out of thin air here, Gloucester City, they have an injection of cash. He becomes the director of football and Downsy's the manager. Perfect. Because he can mentor him, you know, if Downsy says, 
Gaffer or, or Johnson, Gary, I'm having a bit of trouble with this. What do I do? He can go, right, okay, this is what I do. I can come to training pitch if you want, blah, blah, blah. The players still respect Downsy as the manager. I don't think he'll work at the same club. I've always thought it's a risky move. So maybe I'll be proven wrong one day, but for me, I wouldn't have Darren Downs as our manager. Okay. Can he go away and come back? Yeah, yeah, he can in the same way that Nico did as a player. Right, fair enough. You know, because yeah. when Nico came back, there weren't too many. I think the only players that he that were there from when he was a player was, I think, Angus McDonald he'd played with and someone else I'm thinking of. Goal? No, no not goalie. Um, I'm sure. Uh, Lathrope. He brought Lathrope back, though. So. Uh, of course he did. Yeah, no, well done. Poor old Damo. Hope he's getting on all right. Hope he's listening. That'd be nice. Well, Hope he's getting on all right. If the uh, creators of Legends of the Buckle era ever do a Ling era, I imagine uh, Damo would be a good guest. Would be a very good guest. Be, he's yes. had his bit. He's had his bit of media training because he did the. Uh, he did a few games with Oldershot last season because he did the one with us and because uh, he was the co-commentator and um, one of the the, the co-commentators went, "Oh, is it? Is it Lathrop or Lathrop?" And he went, "Oh, it is Lathrop." He went, "Oh, okay." He said, "But people call you both, so I'll probably stick with Lathrop." I was like, oh, he's, literally, <laughs> "He's literally just told you how to pronounce his fucking name, mate." But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, they're brilliant yeah they had him in the um, for our game they had him on their TV they did an hour beforehand at Oldershot and they had him on um, and he was yeah he was quite good on that okay yeah Julie noted if I ever find out who ran that legend of the um, Buccaleer I will tell them that they need to get on and get Damon Lathrop on because that's uh, that would be a decent guest um, we played our little game and we've rambled on for quite a long time about all, loads of things and nothing. If any of if anyone's still listening, have we got anything else to say to them? I, not myself. Um, I'm going to Tiverton on uh, yeah, okay. Tuesday. So if anyone's there, do come up and uh, say hello. Okay. All right. So that's Tiverton sorted. Um, Tom, are you saying anything or going to Tiverton or? Uh, I would- not going to Tiverton, but I will be at the first home game, the Ultramon game. Okay, well, that's useful. Oh, yeah, we might have a special edition podcast after the Ultramon game. There's quite a few of us down there, isn't there? So. Yeah, including some of our, well, actually, both of our foreign correspondents are going to be <laughs> at the game. So it might be a nice chance to, to not have to do this electronically, which would be useful. Um, right, still well, I also about, have, still yeah. skeptical about meeting you all in person, though. I quite like this having a screen between us, but yeah, the screen and in your case, like a thousand miles or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, okay. Um, I think we're done then, aren't we? I think okay. so. Yeah.